0: Anarchism. A social philosophy which aims at the emancipation, economic, social, political, and spiritual of the human race. Anarchism is not bombs disorder or chaos. It is not robbery or murder. It is not a war of each against all. Anarchism is the very opposite of all that. Find out for yourself. Tune into Subversion 1312. Live Tuesdays 9 to 10 p.m. on 4 triple z 102.1 FM or streaming 4 triple z.org.au. Podcasts and related content available at subversion1312.org and channelzeronetwork.com. Conclusion We stand for anarchy, anti capitalism, anti racism. Anti-authoritarianism, internationalism, autonomy, direct democracy, ecology, self-organisation, solidarity, anti-fascism, anti-neoliberalism, anti-nationalism, atheism, equality, and freedom. Thanks for plugging into the special bonus interview sedition of Subversion 1312. I'm featuring an interview I did with American singer-songwriter David Rovix, who is currently in so-called Australia. David says it's not really a tour, more of a holiday during which he's playing three shows. I'm really just uh, really more like a holiday visit to Australia, but I'm doing uh, three gigs basically in Brisbane,
1: uh, Sydney and Newcastle. And also I, was, I, I had a lovely uh, visit to a little cooperative village in Bin 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 Barab On the Lusat Wales Queensland border, beautiful place up in the a quite high altitude. It's actually pretty cold. Like wonderful. And quite a contrast from Brisbane, which I was not expecting or prepared for. Yeah, but I will be doing a whole bunch of gigs in, uh, up and down the West Coast in North America and also in Northern Europe. So it's, it's about it's a, it's three continents so uh, I can call that a world tour, I think.
0: David is an indie folk political singer-songwriter. He identifies as an anarchist. Since the 90s, he's been writing songs and touring the world performing them. My friends and I used to joke that no matter what the topic, David Rovix has a song written about it. War, peace, refugees, free media, workers' rights, students' rights, renters' rights, and even children's songs, of which my favorite is the pirate song. I walked outside one day and a man was standing there. He
2: had a great big beard and lots and lots of hair. He said, won't you come down to the shore and join my jolly crew? We'll wander around the world beneath the skies of blue. We'll sail upon the seven seas, travel near and far. Take from the rich and give to the poor and say har, 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 har.
0: Another topic David is passionate about is the music industry and musicians' rights. He says there's been seismic changes in terms of how artists can try to survive.
1: I think, you know, it's pretty clear that it's not working for a whole lot of them. I mean, just between the 2000 and 2010 censuses, there are 41% fewer people who claim to be artists in terms of like, uh, you know, it's over, who claim to be musicians. Uh, So that's like some kind of indication of how many fewer people are making a living at this. And that was just between 2000 and 2010. It's gotten much worse since then Uh, because there's no more merch sales and the uh, you know, the uh, that used to be like half of our income for touring musicians. And of course, many of us, if we're living in places like the U.S. or, or London or many other places, than, or, you know, Australia, then the rent, uh, you know, the price of the cost of living has risen dramatically and our incomes have been cut in half in many cases. So I think you know, for many artists who are surviving still today, it's either because they were lucky in terms of like inheriting money or inheriting houses or whatever, or it's because uh, they are good at begging Uh, or it's because they have such a large audience that, that they can survive uh, from touring without uh, selling any albums. But uh, that's, that's a very complicated proposition. But uh, I think generally people have made up or those who are managing to, to sort of make a living at this kind of thing, whether it's actually with music or with many other, Things, uh, many other professions that you know used to involve, sort of, uh, you know, sort of, I guess what we might call, you know, content creation professions like journalism, writers, or photographers. You know, people survive now not by selling their work, uh, but by uh, producing free work and uh, and and you know asking people to contribute. Uh, towards their well-being and survival, uh, in exchange for the free work that they're producing, you know. And then people they give away some exclusive content, that kind of thing, on platforms like Patreon. But the fact is, for as far as I'm concerned, most people are not interested in exclusive content. They're totally overwhelmed with the free content that's out there. But there are people who will, uh, who do want to support. Artists, uh, if, if they're good enough at begging and uh, they beg often enough and creatively enough, you can you can uh, eke out some kind of a living from what they call crowdfunding or crowdsourcing or whatever. And platforms like Patreon are very helpful in that process. but it's not the way it should be. you know what, what, the way it should be is these multi-billion dollar tech corporations should pay artists their fair share of the profits that they're making from our work.
0: So on your tours, you used to play gigs and sell CDs to audiences. Yeah,
1: that was like the way it went, It was, in, which now seems like a bizarre fantasy or something, like some kind of science fiction or something. But yeah, that's how it was for me and so many other folks. So it was like almost for a lot of gigs, if you had a good crowd, it, it didn't even matter so much how much you were getting paid for the gig. I and mean, You could be so generous with... Doing benefit gigs and all this because you knew that if you got a good crowd and in good circumstances and a relatively new CD to hawk, you were going to sell dozens and dozens of CDs, you know, at, at one gig. And that was like a was vast uh, additional income for, you know, on a good tour.
0: What about selling albums on platforms like Bandcamp? The way things are, I mean,
1: just to like, you know, we could we could go through the different stages of development in terms of like the collapse of the music industry. Um, but uh and I'm happy to go through that, but you know Bandcamp was one of those failed stages of development, basically like downloads and iTunes and all this but it 's all been replaced all that or any of that has been replaced by Spotify. Spotify is where it's at Spotify is free platform uh which which that's that's what we're de- talking about here now that 's the dominant thing that 's like the super highways of the music system. And uh, it's unavoidable. Everybody listens to music that way than now, or most people do, and and it's just growing. And of course, why wouldn't it be? Because most of the world's music is there for free in high quality form. You just have to listen to a half minute advertisement every 30 minutes. So most people are okay with that. The Problem is with the platform, with the way it's set up, it's it's set up to dominate the world and take over everything. And it's successfully done that, but it was never set up to fairly compensate musicians. You know, that was never the point. And it doesn't. And, and, but they've replaced everything else. You know, we, there are no more to speak of. There are no more downloads. There are no more paid anything. And there's no more like uh streaming platforms that pay well because Spotify has undercut everybody else and they've all had to compete with Spotify.
0: Yeah, I noticed you've got a Facebook page called Penny Campaign for Streaming Justice.
1: It's a it's an idea for a campaign. I mean, I have a lot of good ideas and and very little time and energy to really try to build such things. So I'm terrible at finishing projects, but unless it's like a CD project, but uh, <clears throat> yeah, it's an idea for a campaign. I think it would be a good idea to to have a, just a level playing field that's totally transparent. No mysteries, no algorithms where every song that gets streamed on every platform in the world, that every artist gets paid one cent per song streamed to start with and, uh, and see. And then, and then they can build their platforms on that basis that, that every song is worth at least that much. <clears throat> and if they can't uh, make it work as a free platform on that basis, then they shouldn't make it a free platform. I mean, generally, yeah, I I, I sell uh, when I do a tour, I, I didn't bring any physical uh, merch with me to Australia. So, you know, if there's any immigration uh, people listening who have things to do other than worrying about the pandemic, I am here without a work visa. And so I did not bring a guitar or any albums and I'm, you know, only doing, you know, three very small gigs that were not advertised using my name, you know, until I got here a few days ago. So it's just, it's a very, that's why I say it's more of a vacation than a tour, but generally when I'm traveling um, I I do bring CDs with me and the uh, numbers now are down to about 10 to 15% in terms of the number of CDs that I'll sell on a tour now. So uh, yeah it's it's a uh, it's still it's still something i still sell some cd's but it's so uh it's it's almost insignificant in terms of like income at this point i only just set a, set up a page on patreon recently but i already had uh, organized another kind of uh it's a similar kind of thing just um directly through my own website uh, but it 's the same basic idea, and this whole crowdfunding thing became popular around the same time for the, all the same reasons uh, among musicians because we were all facing the same uh, problems with our you know with merch sales not existing anymore. Uh, but, um, and, and so trying to fund recordings and then trying to just pay the rent, became big questions. At first, trying to fund recordings. So the first crowdfunding st- stuff you'd see was, was largely about funding recordings when it came to musicians. But then very quickly, within a few years, people realized, like, well, have we need to fund our basic existence as well as funding these recordings. And um so Patreon, uh you know, where it's like for funding recordings and stuff like that, Kickstarter was a popular early platform for that kind of thing. But then Patreon became uh really the dominant and, and really well very well organized platform for for this sort of continual sort of supporting artists kind of thing. Um but I or I originally set it up my Sort of community-supported art program, what I call CSA. I set it up on my own website, and then later also joined uh, Patreon. You can I also have one, have it kind of set up through Bandcamp, but uh, it's basically the same program. It just gets built through different places, and you know, there's different platforms to do it from. But the basic idea of it is is just supporting artists on a continual basis, so they can continually keep producing work without worrying quite so much about uh, survival. So that's that's the idea, and it's helped, it, the whole thing has been fantastic for me since I started doing it. I've been it's been great. It turns out there's a lot of people, you know, hundreds anyway, who um, want to continually support uh, my work so I can keep on uh, doing what I do, even though nobody's buying uh, CDs. So that's great. But but um, for me, it's great. It would be great if there were a bit more, but. Unfortunately, it doesn't work for most artists. They they either don't want to try it in the first place, or they do try it and it doesn't work. And and that's sad to see.
0: I noticed you set up something called the Song News Network.
1: Yeah, the Song News Network idea was just uh, really not not about uh, funding uh, musicians so much as just about like having some kind of a sort of a platform where people might find uh, a, a, a sort of a steady stream of. Of content related to other songwriters and other musicians and music generally. That's related to current events, politics, history. Basically, the kind of musicians who do the kind of stuff I do, which is part of a tradition. You, know, you could say whatever from various genres. The tradition of kind of telling stories about what's happening around you and the world and history stories from history. You know, musicians who are part of that tradition, basically, to kind of get people all in one place, uh, in some sense. So that was what that's been the ongoing project, with with mainly me and a woman named Paula DeAngelis in in, uh, Adelaide, who's been very involved with the archiving of the music and collecting it in various forms that can be accessed and used and heard.
0: We've interviewed you many times on this show over the years, and you seem to have a song about everything. What have you been writing songs about lately?
1: I wrote a song that I think should be uh, on, uh, in The Matrix, uh, the new Matrix uh, movie, but it won't be. But it's called um, a song about The Matrix called Here in the Matrix. That's one recent composition. Another is about a political prisoner in Texas named Alvaro Guna Hernandez uh, I wrote a song about him. He's up for parole next year. Um, I, I, what else? I wrote a song about uh, I heard an interview with Isabel Allende about her latest book, which I still haven't read. But I wrote a song about the theme of the book, which is the uh, Spanish Civil War refugees going to uh, Chile uh, at, at the outbreak of World War Two. I wrote a lot of songs about history. I wrote a song about the blockades up there, which got really spread around a lot on Twitter somehow or other, and sung at the blockades. I wrote one about the student strike going on now in California, which has also been sung at the barricades there, so that's, that's very gratifying when you write a song for barricades and then it gets sung on the barricades, although I have not been to those barricades, but... I mean, I tend to write a lot of songs about uh, places that I actually travel in. And so it's definitely very Eurocentric uh, songwriting because where I get gigs, where I tour mostly is, is uh, Northern Europe and, and North America. And so basically Northern Europe and North America end up being a lot of what I'm writing about because that's what I'm hearing about. and Kind of those are the environments I'm kind of in. But I, I try to I try to, you know, write about other parts of the world too but it, it's it can be so challenging like just I've been wanting to write about the crazy stuff that's going on in India recently and I'm constantly reading about it and I mean it's just terrifying the rise of this massive basically fascist movement in India that uh, I mean that is you know essentially encouraging genocide and this disguise, you know Modi, who used to run Gujarat, and, and uh, you know was mainly known for mass slaughter of Muslims, and I mean it's just so crazy. And I've never been to India, and it's it's really hard to try to write about a place that I have so little familiarity with uh, from a, a first person sense. You know, I mean you can do it, but it's uh, much easier to write about things that are at least somewhat more familiar.
0: Have you written any songs about Australia?
1: Yeah, I wrote a song about the uh, Eureka Stockade. Uh, in I think the first time I came to Australia, I heard about these uh, about that that history, which I had never heard before. And I, I read a book and wrote a song called uh, A "Song for the Eureka Stockade." I also wrote a I've written actually a number of songs that have. Well, I wrote a song about the. Um, about the concentration camps, the offshore concentration camps that Australia runs. I've written actually several songs about that and about being a refugee and being descended from refugees. So it's a lot of songs that are very much related to being an Australian, but they're also in in some cases, also just as much related to being from the U S or Canada or in these other settler countries that were populated largely by European refugees like myself. But, uh, Yeah, I've also, yeah, I've also about fires and climate change. There's a lot of songs that are either specific, a couple songs that are specifically about Australia or very much related to. Sometimes you, you write a song about some things and you can't tell whether it's about Australia or California unless you unless you use place names because they're going through the same things in many ways in terms of climate change and fires and floods and all that.
0: Thanks for listening to this bonus edition of Subversion 1312, which is an interview with David Rovix, who's currently in Australia. David just talked about a number of songs he's written recently. I'm going to play a few of those now, starting with Coronavirus Climate Catastrophe Fascist Empire 2020 Blues Massacre. He explained to me what it's about. Well, I mean, it's
1: just like uh, so many things happening all at the same time. It's uh, kind of, so, you know, for a news junkie, uh, or even not for a news junkie, just anybody, really, if it paying any attention at all, it's, it's pretty overwhelming to hear about, uh, you know, floods, fires, famines, wars, uh, threats of wars, a, a pandemic, uh, the stock market crashes countries closing borders and all this is one day's news it's a lot to take in
2: the virus is spreading i'm under lockdown they got a quarantine on the whole town no face masks left from coast to coast running out of things folks want the most as everyone stays home and waits to find out what might be their fate the biggest flows of refugees across the Mediterranean Sea On the move evermore from Honduras to El Salvador Reactionaries on the rise, Mussolini reprise It's 2020, the decade's just begun With any luck we just might make it to 2021 Reining over, rioting mobs, tired of the lack of decent jobs, without lives people want to live, something it seems had to give, fascists looking for someone to blame, from India to Brazil, it's the same, it's 2020, the decade's just begun, with any luck we just might make it to 2021. Bush all burning, towns destroyed, then the flooding, filling the void, left by the loss of the plants and soil, but they keep digging for coal, drilling for oil, as if the end times weren't right here, just go shopping, do not fear, it's 2020, the decade's just begun, with any luck we just might make it to 2021. 2021. They're miniaturizing nukes and red button subs and orange men. Resistance grows on many lines. From rebellions to election signs. Yellow vests, austerity, billionaires and Bernie. It's 2020. The decade's just begun. With any luck, we just might make it to 2021. The virus is spreading, I'm under lockdown. They got a quarantine on the whole town. Way up north on unceded land lives a people called the Wet'suwaden band. They've been there forever, no plans to go elsewhere. After years in the courts, the courts said the land was theirs. But when billions of dollars of toxic gas Has to get to the coast with a pipeline to pass Through wet suede and land Then the wheels have been greased court Rulings don't matter, just send in armed police But this morning I heard the newscaster say There are no trains running across Canada today The RCMP invaded, made dozens of arrests on Wet'suwet'en land way out west. The call went out for solidarity. It was heard from Victoria all the way to Akwesasne. To Tyendinaga Where there's a dump truck on the tracks Along with a whole bunch of people With no plans to turn back Now thousands of travelers And billions worth of freight Are sitting on the rails With nothing to do but wait Yes, this morning I heard The newscaster say There are no trains Running across Canada today Prime Minister Trudeau and the Premier of B.C. can't work in their offices because they're temporarily occupied by people who say they have just cause since the government of Canada is breaking their own laws, not to mention those of the water and the soil, which must stay on top of all that tar sands oil. If our species has a chance, then by whatever means, sometimes all that's left is to shut down the machines. This morning I heard... The newscasters say, there are no trains running across Canada today. Way up north on unceded land, lives a people called the Wet'suwet'en Band. They've been there forever, no plans to go elsewhere. After years in the courts, the courts said the land was theirs. California is a precarious place. One moment you might be standing, the next you're on your face. You can have an earthquake, be not right to the ground. You can have your whole house come tumbling down. But far more precarious than the San Andreas Fault, far more deadly than a sinkhole in the asphalt, is the housing crisis in winter rain or summer heat living in their cars, sleeping in the back seat. But the strike is spreading, and with the margins this thin, it's gonna keep on spreading till we win. California is a precarious place. If salaries rise, it's never apace with the cost of living, which goes up all the time. As big landlords make trillions from this corporate crime But however it happened This is where we are Eating from the food banks Living in the cars Not much further We can sink So we stand here looking Over the brink But the strike is spreading And given where we've been It's gonna keep on spreading till we win California is a precarious place, especially when the riot cops with billy clubs and mace are sent in by Napolitano to go and crack some heads, attacking students and teachers in horror as they fled across the campus. No safe space. More and more resembling a military base where a tenured professor is just a socialistic dream in a place that inequality has ruptured at the seam. But the strike is spreading, we cannot take this on the chin. It's gonna keep on spreading till we win. It's gonna keep on spreading till we win.
0: You just heard some of David Rovick's recent songs. Coronavirus, Climate Catastrophe, Fascist Empire, 2020 Blues Massacre, Wetsuethan, and Spread the Strike. David's currently launching a world tour from Australia, playing in our hometown Brisbane on Saturday, March 14 at the Albion Peace Centre. Check his website, Davidrovix.com for more info on his music and tour. Check out Subversion 1312 online. Subversion 1312.org. Facebook.com. Forward slash Sub Anarchy Show. On Twitter, Anarchy underscore show.
2: He's gonna choke on his Nothing ever by needs a little
0: And on the 4Triple Z website for zzz.org.au.
2: that violence can be even even applied to the natural environment because we rely upon the natural environment for our survival. But inanimate objects, especially those that are man-made and are used to destroy life, I don't think you can be violent too. I think it's a lot of times more violent to allow them to exist.
1: David Brofix. you're listening to The Anarchy Show, subversion 1312 on 4 zzz Brisbane, Australia, available on the Channel Zero Network as well as on all the usual podcasting platforms.
0: From Embers is a show produced about anarchist ideas in practice across so-called Canada. Every week we spend about an hour going in-depth about ideas, histories, and ongoing struggles that we think are important. We're a part of the Channel Zero Anarchist Podcast Network. You can check it all out at fromembers.libsyn.com.